And recall when Musa salam asked for water for his people, and we said to him, strike with your staff the stone. We learned earlier that the Bani Israel, when they left Egypt, they ended up where? In the desert. And they were there for 40 years. After 40 years, they were told to enter the city. They were told that make sure you say hitta and make sure that when you enter, you enter how? Prostrating. However, they initially refused to enter the city. We learn elsewhere in the Quran that when Musa told them that enter the city, they said, we're not going in. Musa, you and your Lord go and fight the people. And then inshallah, we will enter once the city is opened up to us, once the gates are opened up to us. We're not entering like that. They refused to enter. And when they did enter, after Musa passed away, how did they enter? As we learned earlier, that they changed the word from hitta to hinta. And instead of prostrating, they went dragging on their backs. It was, you know, out of extreme defiance, extreme arrogance that they behaved in this way. First, we had a quick overview in the verses of what happened, how they were freed, how they ended up in the desert. They were given man and salwa, and then eventually they entered the city. But how they entered? Terribly. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning a few more favors that were bestowed upon them while they were still in the desert. One of the favors was that they were in the desert and they had no water. No water at all. So, وَإِذِ اسْتَسْقَى مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ Recall this, remember this. When Musa salam asked for water, for who? For his people. استَسْقَى is from the root letter سِينْ قَافِيَةً You may have heard of the word سُقِيَةً Suqiya zamzam. Suqiya. It is to water. To give water to someone. Istasqa is to ask for water. What does it mean? To ask for water. Just as we learned nasta'een. What does nasta'een mean? To ask for help. Istasqa. You see the letter seen anta. They give the meaning of asking, seeking. So he sought water. Meaning he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for water. For who? لِقَوْمِهِ For his people. Who were his people? The Bani Israel. Because in the desert, they had absolutely no water. And you can imagine, 12 tribes of the Bani Israel. Not just one or two people, but many, many people. Imagine if there's no water. What's going to happen? People are going to end up in many, many fights. People might end up killing one another, fighting for water. So they had no water. And whatever little they had, obviously there could have been great fights over that. So Musa salam prayed to Allah that, Oh Allah, bless these people with water. So what happened? فَقُلْنَا So we said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Musa salam that idrib, strike. Idrib from the root letters, ضَرَبَ ضَرَبَ يَضْرِبُ is to strike, to hit something on the other, to hit one thing with the other. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, idrib, strike, بِعَصَاكَ with your staff. بِعَصَاكَ bi with asa staff ka yours. Hit with your staff, what should you hit? Al-hajara, the rock. The staff of yours, take it and strike the rock with it. Asa is from the root letters ayn sad ya or ayn sad waw and it's used for a staff which is thick, meaning it's not really a thin stick, but rather it is thick and it's also long. So you can say it's like the staff of a shepherd. And such a staff is a multi-purpose one. 
You can use it for many, many things. Musa a.s. we learn in the Qur'an in Surah Taha, ayah number 18, that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him on Mount Tur, that what is this in your hand? Musa a.s. replied, قَالَ هِيَ عَصَايَ This is my asa. أَتَوَكَّأُ عَلَيْهَا I recline on it. وَأَهُشُّ بِهَا عَلَى غَنَمِي And I bring down leaves on my sheep with the help of this staff. وَلِيَفِيهَا مَآرِبُ أُخْرَى And I have many other usages in the staff. So what kind of a staff is asa? It's a multi-purpose one. You can do many things with it. You know, for example, older people, they have a cane. But you can't do a lot of things with that because it's very delicate. However, an asa, you can do many things with it. So Musa was told, take your staff and strike the rock with it. Why? Because when he would strike the rock with it, as a result, what would happen? فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْ هُسْنَةَ عَشْرَةَ عَيْنَ Twelve springs would gush out of it. Twelve springs gushed out of that rock when Musa struck that rock with his staff. The staff of Musa was a very special staff. It was a very special stick. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Musa with many miracles through the staff. When he threw it, it turned into a snake. When he threw the staff into the ocean, into the sea, what happened? It parted into two. Just imagine. The land under the sea that was all wet, it became dry. The twelve springs that came out, that's mentioned over here. It's a third miracle. Fourth miracle. When Fir'aun had all of his magicians come in and stand against Musa And they threw their sticks and their ropes. And all of them turned into snakes because of their magic. Entire place, entire arena filled with tiny, tiny snakes. And Musa a.s. he threw his staff and it turned into a huge serpent, a huge snake. And it swallowed every single one of the snakes of who? All the magicians. Miracles that were performed through the staff. One of them is mentioned over here. That in the desert when the people had no water, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, take your staff and strike the rock with it. The word al-hajar, rock, is from the root letters hajin ra. Hajar. Hajar is used for a huge rock. It literally means to prevent, to be hard, and that is how rocks are. So what happened? Fan fajarat. Fan fajarat, it gushed out. In fajara, fajim ra. Fajara is to split something apart, to break something, and to cause it to burst at a large scale. Can you think of any other word from the same root? Fajin ra. Fajr. What happens at Fajr? What happens at dawn? The entire sky that is black and dark, there is a huge split in it. And it's across the horizon. If you ever wake up at that time, and you should, look at the sky outside. How the morning light bursts through that. This is why they said crack of dawn. Crack. Because it as though cracks the entire horizon, and then the light comes in. So fun fajarat. In fajara, when it gushes out at a large scale. فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْهُ From it. From what? From that hajar. What gushed out of that rock? إِثْنَةَ عَشْرَةَ Twelve عَيْنَ Springs. Twelve springs came out of that rock, gushing forth with water. One rock, he hits it with his stick, and twelve springs, and off them, water is just gushing out. The word عَيْن is from the root letters عَيْن يَانُونَ And عَيْن is used for a spring, do you know of any other word that it's used for? Eyes. Can you think of any similarity between them? That just as water flows out of a spring, comes out of the spring, similarly, water gushes out of our eyes as well sometimes. Uncontrollably. So, fan fajrat min husnata ashrata aina. Twelve springs gushed out of that rock. Why twelve? 
Because the Bani Israel were how many? There were 12 tribes. Remember the 12 sons of Yaqub a.s.? Their descendants were who? 12 tribes. So each son, his descendants were who? They were known as his descendants and they were known as a separate tribe. And these 12 tribes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qad alima. In fact, he knew. Qad. The word Qad gives the meaning of in fact, indeed. And it's basically used to give energy to the verb that is mentioned afterwards to show the certainty of it. So Qad alima. Alima from the root letters? Ain la mim. Ilm. Ilm to know. So he knew. Who knew? Kullu unasin. Every people. Every single group of people knew. What did they know? Mashrabahum, their drinking place and drinking time as well. The word unas, what does it mean? People. Any other word that we have read for people? Annas. Annas begins with al. Annas is actually al unas. What is it? Al unas. But when you combine them together, then you just say annas. And over here, people, unas refers to what? Each of those twelve tribes. قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ Every single tribe, every single person, they knew مَشْرَبَهُمْ Mashrab from the root letter شِينْ رَبَى Can you think of a word that comes from the same root? Sharab, drink. Mashrab is a place of drinking and also the time of drinking. There are certain nouns in the Arabic language which are known as اسم ظرف. And there are such nouns that tell us about the place and the time where something happened or may happen. So mashrab is ism zarf. You have to become very comfortable with this word, with this term, because it's going to come many, many times. To understand the beauty of the Quranic words, we have to become familiar with these terms. So mashrab is place of drinking and the time of drinking. Meaning, where are you supposed to go and drink from? And when are you supposed to go and drink? Every tribe knew about their spring and also about the time when they were allowed to go and take water from their spring. Isn't it amazing? It's like in an institute, in a school, every class knows where they can go and have their lunch and when they can go and have their lunch. Is that necessary when you have a huge crowd of people? Of course. If we gave break to every single class in the institute at the same time, imagine if all 600 were allowed to come into the cafeteria at once. What would happen? Chaos. The cafeteria people wouldn't be able to manage all the people who are coming in. One person is screaming, may I have a sandwich, may I have a samosa, may I have a drink, may I have a cup of tea. So for the purpose of organization, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did that. This was a huge blessing on Bani Israel. Because A, it made it very convenient for them to drink water, to have access to water. And B, it avoided any chances of any fights that could break up in the Bani Israel. So it kept them united as well. قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ مَشْرَبَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them, كُلُوا All of you eat. كُلُوا What's the root? Hamza kaf Lam. We have done the word kula earlier. كُلُوا All of you eat. Washrabu and all of you drink. What's the root of washrabu? Shinra ba. So from the root letters shinra ba, you get the word ishrabu and you also get the word mashrab. So kulu washrabu, eat and drink. Mirrisqillahi, from the provision of Allah. Meaning from the provision that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. What were they to eat? What food were they given? Man and salwa. What drink were they given? This fresh water. So kulu washrabu mirrisqillahi. But they were also told, 
And do not commit abuse on the earth as mischief makers. Ta'athaw is from the root letters Ayn Ya or Ayn Wow. And this word Uthu or Ithi is to be very quick in spreading corruption, in destroying things. In other words, to be very quick in making fasad. So la ta'athaw, do not commit abuse fil ardi in the earth as who? As mufsidin. Mufsidin plural of mufsid. And who is mufsid? One who does fasad. If you would be committing abuse on the earth, what would you be doing? Fasad. So for example, for the Bani Israel, in this context, what abuse could they be doing? For example, they were given water to drink, they were given man and salwa. They were told, eat and drink, but don't commit abuse. How? They were supposed to go to a particular place to drink, each tribe, and also at a particular time. If you don't follow the rules, are you committing abuse? Yes. How else? By wasting. Oh, it's free. Take whatever you want. Drink whatever you want. How much ever you want. Use whatever. Leave whatever. You know, man and salwa, it's food that's coming for free. Yeah, I don't feel like finishing it, so I'll just take two bites and throw this one. Let me try that one. Let me try that one. And in that process, wasting so much. Doesn't it happen that when people are given food for free, they end up wasting a lot? Like for example, when you go to a wedding, what happens? You see plates that are almost full that are being thrown away. Because it's free. Just because it's free doesn't mean you can waste it. So they were told, eat and drink of the blessings. You are allowed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving them to you. But don't commit abuse. Because if you do so, you will be mufsideen. What lessons do we learn in this verse? First of all, we learn that at the time of need of water, when people need water, what should they do? Should they search for water? Of course they should. Should they go buy water? Of course they should. But at the same time, they should also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for water. Musa alayhi salam, he istasqa. And in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu also we learn that he also prayed salatul istisqa. He prayed salatul istisqa when people would need water. He would make dua for water by performing salatul istisqa and also without the salah. We learned, for example, once the Prophet ﷺ was giving a khutbah in the masjid and people had not had rain for a very, very long time. So this man walked into the masjid and the Prophet ﷺ was addressing the people on the pulpit and he interrupted him and he said, our animals are dying, we have no water, our livelihood is destroyed, we are in great trouble, ask Allah for water, please pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for water. Prophet ﷺ, he started making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for water and he hadn't even descended from the pulpit that all of a sudden clouds came into the horizon that were nowhere in scene and it started pouring and pouring. And when the Prophet ﷺ descended from the pulpit, his beard was dripping with water. So much water came. And it rained and rained until the next Friday. And the next Friday, that same man, he walked in and he said, too much rain. Pray to Allah because our animals are dying because of too much rain. Our houses are getting destroyed because of too much rain. So the Prophet ﷺ made dua, Allahumma hawalayna wala alayna. That Allah send rain around us and not on us. Because when Allah sends a blessing, we shouldn't say, we don't want it. So then the rain, it stopped. We learn in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ as well, that whenever people needed water, what would he do? He would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for water. With salah and also without salah. So we should also do the same. And for the basic needs even, who should we turn to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the basic needs even, we must make dua to Allah. Because that is what ibadah is. That is what worship is. 
Aisha Dilanha, she said, Ask Allah for everything, even if it is a shoelace. Ask Allah for everything, even if it's a shoelace, because if Allah does not make it easy, then it will not be possible for you. We think, I don't need to make dua for money, I have plenty. I don't need to make dua for, you know, my exam. I've studied. I don't need to make dua for such and such thing. I have enough. But the thing is that we do experience times when, for example, there is food in the refrigerator, but we don't find the time to cook it. We don't find the time to prepare it. We don't find the time to heat it up and eat it. We have money in our pockets, but we don't get the time to go and buy the groceries. You have a book that you want to read, but you cannot find the ability to read it. You do not find the time to read it. Many things we see we can do, but we're unable to do. We think it's within our power, but then we seem powerless. We need to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every little thing. When something small we need and we don't get it, what do we do generally? We start complaining. And we start using bad words, we start cursing, or we start saying words that are inappropriate. But at that time, what should we be doing? Praying to Allah. Ask Allah for every little thing. This is what it means by remembering Allah. We learn that we should remember Allah. This is what it means to remember Allah. That at the time of every single need, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Who do we turn to? Other people or ourselves. Or we start complaining, we start getting furious. The thing is, if you start turning to Allah, you will be a happier person. You will complain less. You will be less frustrated. Believe me, you will be less stressed out. The number one problem people suffer from today is what? Stress. The one who makes dua to Allah, the one who turns to Allah, will not suffer from stress. He will be relaxed, even in the most difficult situations. And that's only possible if we turn to Allah. We also learn in this verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sends water, He blesses us with blessings from above us and also from below us. Musa alayhi salam prayed for water. The water could have been sent down from the sky in the form of rain. That could have happened. We learned earlier that a ghamam, a cloud covered them. That same cloud, water could have descended from there. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa alayhi salam, strike the staff on what? On the rock so that the water will gush out. What's the difference between rainwater and water gushing out of the earth? That rainwater you have to store. And if you store it, it gets stale very quickly. However, water that's gushing out of the earth, it's constantly fresh. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides to us from above us and from below us. The Bani Israel, they were given the best source of water at that time that was most suitable for them. We also learn in this ayah that after making dua, one should also Strive, he should also put in effort. So after making dua, what should a person do? He should also put in some effort. Musa alayhi salam, istasqa, he prayed to Allah for water, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, take the staff and hit it on the rock. You also have to do something. What do we do? Something's not working out, we say, yeah, I am making dua, however, nothing's really happening. Well, you also have to strive. You also have to get up and do something. A person might say, then what's the point of making dua if you have to do it anyway? Well, because when you do it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it possible for you. He will make it easy for you. He will facilitate it for you. The same thing can be easy and it can also be difficult. It's possible that you go home and you start cooking and you're done within half an hour, 45 minutes. 
But there is another time you go, you start cooking and it takes you over an hour. Why? Because of so many interruptions, because of so many you know, confusions, you're not sure what's happening. The same thing could be easy, the same thing could be difficult. This is why make dua and follow it up by some effort as well. Then we also learn in this verse that the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just like other human beings, they are also in need of Allah. The messengers of Allah, the prophets of Allah, they are not qadir qadir like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are not able to do whatever they want like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can. They are also human beings. Where do we learn that from? Musa salam had to ask Allah for water. If he was qadir, all able like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, would he need to ask Allah? No, he wouldn't. Because unfortunately within Muslims also, there are some incorrect beliefs about the prophets of Allah. That they're able to do everything. They're able to do anything. The power lies with them. As though they are also divine beings. No, they're human beings. They're also in need of Allah. Just like other human beings are. Then we also learn in this verse about the ability, the great ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the generosity of Allah. That Allah is Qadir and He is also Jawad. He's capable, fully capable. And he's also very, very generous. Because someone who is capable can give, can bestow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he is Qadir, he blessed the Bani Israel with water. And someone who is generous can give. The one who is stingy, can he give? He cannot give. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is generous. This is why he bestowed the Bani Israel with water. So we learn that Allah is Qadir as well as Jawad. Then we also learn about the perfect ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a rock, Musa salam struck it with his staff and there came water bursting out of it. Twelve springs. Who caused that to happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was in fact a miracle that was given to who? Musa salam Do you think it was a great miracle? Yes it was. Because it would help the Bani Israel believe in Musa salam obey him, remain obedient to him. But you know what? The Prophet ﷺ was given a greater miracle. Once, the Sahaba, they were traveling with the Prophet ﷺ, and they had no water. They had only a little bit in a bowl. So the Prophet ﷺ, he asked that bowl be brought to him. That bowl of water was brought to him. The Prophet ﷺ put his hand into it, and through his fingers, the water started gushing out. It kept gushing out to the point that everybody had enough to drink and use and bathe and wash themselves with. Just imagine that bowl of water, he put his hand in it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed in that miracle, and as a result what happened, water kept gushing out of it. It was a greater miracle. You know why? Because it's normal that springs gush out through rocks. But is it normal that water is gushing out of a bowl? Similarly, if water is gushing out of a spring, okay, normal, because it's coming from some underground source. However, the bowl, is it attached to some tap? Is it attached to some pipeline? Is it attached to the ground that there's some kind of source? It was a greater miracle that was given to the Prophet ﷺ. And this shows how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so kind with His people, with the Prophet and with the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so kind with the believers that when they are in need of water, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows it to them. Then we also learn in this verse about the special rank of Musa salam that he prayed to Allah and Allah answered his dua. Isn't that amazing? He made dua and Allah answered that dua. If someone's dua is answered, 
they are a lucky person. They are someone who are very, very special. We learn about Musa a.s. Allah says, وَكَانَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَجِيهَا And he is in the sight of Allah, one who is distinguished, meaning one who is very honorable. So Allah responded to his dua. And then we also learn in this verse that whatever blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, whether it is a food or water, should we use it? Yes, because Allah has given them to us, not so that we stay away from them, but so that we use them. Allah said to them, Kulu washrabu, Not that stay thirsty and hungry. No, Allah told them, eat and drink from the provision of Allah. However, what's the condition? When we use the blessings, we are to be thankful and we should not commit abuse. For example, this earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given many blessings to us through this earth. Food, water, you name it. What should we do? Use it, but be careful. Don't waste. Use the earth, but don't abuse it. Use the blessings, but don't abuse them. Don't throw them away. Don't waste them. Because if we abuse them, if we waste them, then you know what that is? Ingratitude. And when a person becomes like that, Allah can take away those blessings from them. Another very important lesson that we learn in this verse is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Bani Israel 12 springs. 12 springs and not 10, not 5. If you think about it, He could have given them just one source of water. Wouldn't it be possible for them to drink water from there? Yes, it would be. But would it be convenient? No. For their convenience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with 12 springs. What does it show to us? That if you can't afford, there's no harm in making your life convenient. Like for example, if a person is able to afford a better car, a bigger car, a person is able to afford a bigger house, a bigger space to live, is there any harm if he gets it? Is he being non-righteous? No. Because it is okay to make your life convenient with the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed on us. What do we say? Be patient. Look at those people who don't have anything. At least you have something. Yeah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us more. And if He has given us more, then we should use it. Because when the things of this world, when they're convenient for us, aren't we more relaxed? Of course we are. For example, if you tell somebody, you don't need a bed. You can sleep on the floor. Can you sleep on the floor? Yes, you can. Isn't it inconvenient? It is inconvenient. What's easier? Sleeping on the bed or sleeping on the floor? Sleeping on the bed. But if you say, no, you're going to spend all that money on buying a bed, you know, don't waste the money. This is not wasting the money. Allah has given you the money. It's okay if you make your life a little convenient. Similarly, a person says, you know what? That phone that came out like five years ago, stick to that phone. Can't you make calls from it? Yes, you can. Can't you receive calls on it? Yes, you can. Can't you send text messages? Yes, you can. But if you have a phone that's a little bit newer, you can perhaps also check your email on it. Perhaps you can also set reminders on it. Perhaps you can also sync it with your Google Calendar or something. And that will make your life a little easier. So is there any harm in doing that? There is no harm in doing that. But what's the condition? Don't do israf and don't commit abuse. What is israf? Overspending, beyond need. That a person has something that functions perfectly fine, but he says, no, I want more, I want this, I want that. Wasting. Israf, beyond means. And secondly, do not commit abuse. That just because you can afford a new phone doesn't mean you don't take care of the phone that you have. You throw it and it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter, I'll just buy another one. No. 
don't be wasteful. We see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was very kind to the Bani Israel in that He made their life convenient for them. And secondly, by giving 12 springs, what happened? Every single tribe had their own space, had their freedom, had their own time. And this is very important. When it comes to personal matters, we should give other people their space. For example, if a person wants to study somewhere, give them their space. If a person wants to eat somewhere, give them their space. Similarly, living accommodations, a person should be given their space. Why? Because if space is not given to people, then what will happen? Fights. It's my turn. No, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. You go away. You're always here. No. What's the solution? Give people their space. Especially when there are a lot of people living together, it's necessary that we give space to other people. Because otherwise it will lead to fights. Let's continue. وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ And recall when you said, قُلْتُمْ You all said. To who? To Musa a.s. And who does you all refer to? The Bani Israel. So recall when you said, Ya Musa, O Musa, Lan Nasbira. We will never ever be patient. Nasbira, Saad Bara. You said, O Musa, we're never going to be patient. On what? Ala upon Ta'amin food, Wahidin one. Ta'am, Ta'ain meem. The word Ta'am is used for food. So it includes liquids as well as solids. So they said that we will never ever be patient on one food. Meaning on one type of food. What are they referring to? The man and salwa that was being given to them. So they said, Ud'u, you pray, dal ain waw, da'a yad'u, to call upon. So you pray, lana for us, meaning for our sake. You pray to who? Rabbaka, your Lord. Go make dua to your Lord, that yukhrij lana, he should bring out for us. يُخْرِجْ خَرَجَ يَخْرُجُ To come out. أَخْرَجَ يُخْرِجُ To bring out. So he should bring out لَنَا for us مِمَّا From that which تُمْبِتُ الْأَرْضِ The earth grows. تُمْبِتُ نُون بَاتَ The word نَبَات is used for plants. And أَمْبَتَ يُمْبِتُ Is to cause something to grow. So what the earth grows. What the earth brings out. We can never ever be patient over one food we want more, we want a variety. So, O Musa, you go and make dua to your Lord that He should bring out for us from the earth what? Mimma tumbitul ard. What the earth grows. What does the earth grow? They give a whole list. Mim baqliha, wa qithaiha, wa fumiha, wa adasiha, wa basaliha. We want all of this stuff. Mim baqliha. The word baql, baqaflam. It is used for all kinds of leaf greens, such vegetables that are mainly leaf and you eat them entirely. Like for example, salad leaves. Have you ever seen them, how they grow? How do they grow? On a big plant, they grow on the branches? No. Have you ever seen a tomato plant? How does that grow? That the tomatoes are on the branches, hanging. But buckle refers to, you can say pot herbs or leaf greens, green vegetables that are eaten as they are. For example, what is included in this is spinach, lettuce. No, mint grows on the stem. This is stem and leaf together that you eat. Similarly, kale, rapini, herbs. So those that grow as a leaf, not parsley. Parsley also grows on twigs, on tiny, tiny branches. 
coriander, same thing like parsley. It grows on like branches. It's the leaf that you eat. And the leaf, it grows on the stem, meaning the stem and the leaf are together. Baqa refers to leaf greens, leafy greens. What does it mean by that? It means that it is such leaves that grow out of the earth as they are, and the leaf part as well as a stem part, both are eaten together. They're big leaves like spinach or like lettuce or like rapini, cabbage. I want you to go and research about this. Look for pot herbs, leafy greens. Anyway, they said we want buckle. Waqisa'iha. Qisa'iha. It looks like you guys don't do any kind of vegetable gardening or anything like that. Boring. Be active. Enjoy the stuff that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grows. Summer is coming. Make sure you grow something in your backyard now. Just to learn, just to understand the Quran better. So in baqliha wa qisa'iha. Qisa, literally it is to chew something such that is very juicy. And as you chew it, as you bite it, it makes like a crunching sound. Qisa is used for cucumbers. If you bite cucumbers, what kind of sounds do they make? Crunching sound, right? Are they juicy? Yes. Similarly, melons. However, the word qisa is used for what? Cucumbers in particular. So min baqliha wa qisa'iha wa fumiha. Fum. Fum means thum. What is that? Garlic. So they said, we want green leafy vegetables. We want cucumbers. And we want garlic. And we want wa'adasiha. Adas. Adas, lentils. Wa basaliha. Basal, onions. We want a whole lot of these things. We want a variety. Look at their words. They said, لَنَّ We will never ever be patient on one kind of food. Tell me something. Were they being given one food only? No, they were being given man and salwa. But the thing is that when a person is negative, then he sees more as less. He has a lot, yet he thinks he has nothing. He may have the best, but he will still dislike it, and he will want other things. He doesn't go for the quality. What does he go for? Quantity. If you think about it, man and salwa was like a complete meal. There was dessert as well as the main course. It was coming down on them, free of any charge, no service charges, nothing at all. They didn't even have to ask for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it to them out of His own mercy. It came to them pre-prepared. Everything was prepared for them from before. They didn't have to you know, heat it up in the oven, cook it a little bit, nothing. No, it was ready from before, ready to eat. And it was also the most nutritious food, the one that they needed. Because you can imagine, they were living as slaves. Definitely their bodies must have been malnutritioned. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the most nutritious food, free of any charge. It came to them very, very easily, and it was the best for them. It was out of this world. Out of this world, unique. But they said, we don't want it. We'll never be patient on it. We want what the earth grows. We don't want heavenly food. We want earthly food. And they gave a whole list. Musa salam, he got upset with them. Qala, he said, Atastabdiluna, tastabdiluna badalam, badal. Badal is to change. Remember we read the word badala earlier? And istibdal, to completely change or to seek to change. So, atastabdiluna, do you all wish to change, take in exchange? What? Alladhi huwa adna, 
that which is inferior. Adna is from the root letters dal, nun, waw, dunub. And dunub is to be lower or closer. Adna, inferior. What is adna? Inferior, lesser, lower. So do you want that which is lower? Billadi, instead of that which huwa khair, which is much better? You want to give up what was much better and you want to take an exchange for that something that is lesser? Something that is inferior? What was better? Man and salwa. What was inferior? What they were asking for. How was it inferior? And how was man and salwa better? In many ways. First of all, because man and salwa is heavenly food. Came down from the skies. Came down from above. And mimma tumbitul ard. It comes from beneath. Secondly, that whatever came of the man and salwa to them, it was pre-prepared. But what comes from the earth, you have to grow it yourself, you have to look after it yourself, then you have to cut it up yourself, then you have to prepare it yourself. Another reason? It was more nutritious. What was coming from the sky was much better for them, much more nutritious for their bodies. It was complete. Allah chose that for them. Allah gave it to them. And whatever Allah gives to you, it is best for you. You know, Ayyub salam, he was sick for many, many years. And he had so much wealth that he lost completely. He had children who died. He had family who left him. Everything was changed for him. But he still remained patient. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him his health back. And gave him more family members. And also, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him more wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused gold locusts to fall from the sky on him. Locusts of gold. So you know what he started doing? He started collecting them. Just imagine if gold is falling down on you, what will you do? No matter who's watching you, you're going to start grabbing it, how much ever you can get. So he started grabbing all of it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Ayyub salam, have I not made you rich enough? He said, Ya Allah, how can I ever have enough of your mercy? What comes from you, I can never have enough of that. He had so much wealth. He had no desire for wealth. No desire at all. But still, when that gold was falling on him, he was collecting it. Why? Because he knew it was coming from Allah. When Allah gives, grab it. Because it's the best for you. Allah gave them man and salwa, it was the best for them. This is how it was more superior. And if you think about it, what grows from the earth, everybody has it. Who has man and salwa? Everybody. No way. It's a special thing. Special blessing. This is how it was much better for them. So Musa salam reprimanded them. He said, what are you doing? You want to give up what Allah has given you, which is much better, and you want to take an exchange for it. What is lesser? What is inferior? What is cheaper? What is of poorer quality? He said, اِحْبِطُوا مِصْرًا Go to any city. Why are you telling me to pray to Allah for it? If you want this food, then go to any city and go get it from there. Meaning, I don't need to make dua for this. Allah has already given these foods to us. إِحْبِطُوا مِصْرًا إِحْبِطُوا هَبَطَوا We have done this word earlier. مِصْرًا مِصْرًا does not mean Egypt. مِصْرًا This is any city. The word Misr is from the root letters Mim Sadra and Masr is to inhabit a city and the word Misr is used for any city. And then later on, Egypt was known as Misr. It became a proper name. However, over here it doesn't mean Egypt. So إِحْبِطُوا مِصْرًا Go to any city. فَإِنَّ لَكُمْ So indeed for you is مَا سَأَلْتُمْ Whatever you have asked for. سَأَلْتُمْ From the root letters. Seen Hamza? Lam. 
سألتم any other word from the same root سؤال what does سؤال mean question so go to any city and you will find over there whatever you have asked for in other words Musa السلام, got upset with them and he did not make dua for them he refused to pray for them اهبطوا مصرا فإن لكم ما سألتم go and get what you want from there go get it yourself I'm not going to ask Allah to take this blessing of man and salwa away from us I have a question for you Is it wrong to ask for more blessings? To ask for a variety of blessings? No. Why was it wrong for the Bani Israel? Why did Musa a.s. get upset with them? Because of the way that they demanded. As if they're saying, we're fed up. We're fed up. We've had enough. We'll never be patient on this. We're not satisfied with this. We want more. It was because of the way that they demanded. Why else was it wrong for them? They were being greedy. It showed greed on their part. They weren't being grateful for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them. Because if they were grateful for it, they would have been happy with it. Just imagine they were living their lives as slaves. What does a slave have? Nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with man and salwa. And look at how arrogant they became. They said, we want more. We can't be satisfied with this. I remember... I was watching this documentary in which they were showing about how certain restaurants, they donate their food to food banks. Not all of them, but particular chain, they donate their food to restaurants and food banks. And at those food banks, at those soup kitchens, basically, they have free food for people who can come and eat there. And they were showing about how so many families come and eat there regularly. One of the families they were interviewing, and that couple with their children, they said that last year, The year before, they started coming to that food bank, to that soup kitchen. They were down to their last $130 because they lost their job and they had absolutely no money and they realized we need food. So this is why they started going to the soup kitchen and they regularly eat from there. The person who was making the documentary, they asked her, do you like the food? Would you rather have something else? She said, no, I'm very happy with this. Even though she knows these are leftovers, this is coming from a restaurant, it's not that fresh, but she said, I'm happy with this. And she started to cry And then she said, before I was very, very picky, but not anymore. I was very picky. Now if I have food in front of me, I am grateful. And whatever it is, I'll eat it. When a person is grateful, he values every little thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. And when people become full of themselves, then even when they have nothing, they think highly of themselves and they say, we want more. We're sick of this. We've had enough of this. We want more stuff. What does it show? The greed of Bani Israel, their arrogance, their pride, their ingratitude, how unthankful they were that they never learned from anything. This is why Musa salam got upset with them. It shows how ignorant they were of the blessings that they were given. First they wanted a god just because other people were worshipping idols. And then they wanted all of this food just because everybody's eating it. We want this as well. They never realized their Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the real Lord, the actual God, they knew Him, but yet they were ungrateful towards Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave man and salwa to them, they were ungrateful for it. They were in the desert. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of His blessing, sent food upon them, not that they had to grow everything themselves. It was a huge blessing. It's like somebody is giving you something, and you're like, you know what, I don't want any of this, I want something else. Give me something else. Beggars can't be choosers. They were beggars, And yet they were being choosers. اِهْبِطُوا مِصْرًا فَإِنَّ لَكُمْ مَا سَأَلْتُمْ What was the responsibility of Bani Israel? Why were they the chosen people? Just so that they could enjoy the blessings of this world? Is this why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them? Was their focus supposed to be the dunya? No, their focus was supposed to be the deen. 
they benefit from it they follow it and they also tell other people about it but if people start chasing the dunya can they fulfill their responsibility if they became farmers and peasants would they be able to learn the deen and convey the deen they wouldn't be able to this is why it was incorrect for them so ehbitu misran fa inna lakum ma saaltum musa alayhi got very upset with them he said go go get it yourself i'm not making dua وَضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ Allah says, ذِلَّةُ and مَسْكَنَةُ was struck upon them. ضُرِبَتْ ضَادْ رَابَ What does ضَرْب mean? To strike one thing on the other. To put one thing on the other. ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ It was struck on them. It hit them badly. What hit them badly? ذِلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ ذِلَّةُ ذَال لَام لَام ذِلَّةُ is humiliation and disgrace that a person brings on himself. How can a person bring humiliation and disgrace upon himself? By doing something, by saying something that disgraces him, that humiliates him in front of others. So dhillah, humiliation because of their own actions, their own sins. Walmaskana. What is maskana? Poverty, dependence. Maskana is from the root letter seen kafnun. And sukoon means to become still. Maskana is poverty because when a person is suffering from poverty, he becomes still. He's not able to travel. He's not able to go here and there. He's not able to enjoy. Rather, he's stuck. He's stranded. He's dependent on other people. ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ Disgrace, humiliation, and poverty. Dependence has been struck on them. So they are humiliated, disgraced in the sight of people. No matter what they do, people look down on them. No matter what they achieve, people don't have respect for them. And secondly, dependence. That no matter how much they have, still they are dependent on others. ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ And if you look at the history of Bani Israel, this is what you will see. That no matter what they gained, people did not have any respect for them. No matter what they achieved, no matter how much power they had, yet they were dependent on others to support them. This has been happening throughout the history of the Bani Israel. From the time of Musa a.s., even before that and even afterwards, whenever they were disobedient, whenever they were rebellious, this is what happened. ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ And you see this poverty. Poverty is not just about not having enough money. Real poverty is the poverty of the heart. That a person has enough, yet he feels poor in his heart, which is why he cannot be generous at all. He cannot even give a little. He cannot even share a little. He becomes extremely selfish. This person is what? Poor-hearted. He has a very poor heart. Afqar qulub, most poorest in their hearts. ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ Why? Because of their chasing the dunya. They went after the dunya, they chased the dunya. They wanted بَقْلِهَا وَقِسَائِهَا وَفُومِهَا وَعَدَسِهَا وَبَصَلِهَا They gave up man and salwa. What happened then? ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ Moreover, وَبَاءُوا بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ بَاءُوا بَاءُوا حَمْزَةٍ بَاءَ is to come back with something, to return with something. It is to bring something upon oneself. Meaning they incurred. They brought upon themselves. What did they bring upon themselves? بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ The anger of Allah. We learned earlier, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَلْضَالِّينَ بَاءُوا بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ What is the غَضَبْ of Allah? His punishment. So they brought upon themselves the punishment of Allah. Meaning Allah punished them. Why? For no reason? No, of course it was for a reason. 
Allah says, ذَلِكَ That is, what is this punishment that was sent upon them? One after the other? Why? بِأَنَّهُمْ Because indeed they, كَانُوا They used to, يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ they used to disbelieve in the ayat of Allah. Yakfurun kafara an ayat plural of ayah. Remember that the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are of two types. First of all, ayat shar'i, meaning the ayat of the religion. So for example, the verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, the verses of the Quran, for example, what are they? Ayat shar'i. The other type of ayat are ayat kauni, meaning the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in the creation. You may have heard that the word ayah also means sign, miracle, evidence. So they used to disbelieve in the ayat of Allah. Ayat of Allah can be understood in both ways. If you take it as ayat shar'i, they disbelieved them, they rejected them. When Musa salam brought them the Torah, what did they say? We're never going to believe unless we see Allah openly. Now we will inshallah learn about the story of the cow where they were told to slaughter a cow. They made so many excuses. One question after the other. Yakfuruna bi ayatillah. Secondly, they were ungrateful for the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them. They were ungrateful for the kauni ayat. So for example, the man and salwa that Allah gave them, were they grateful for it? Very ungrateful. Yakfuruna bi ayatillah. This was their crime. Another crime that they committed was that وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ They used to kill the prophets without any right. يَقْتُلُونَ قَافْتَ لَامْ قَتْلُ Qatl is to kill. They used to kill an-nabiyyin. An-nabiyyin is a plural of nabi. The prophets of Allah who were sent to guide them, to save them. What did they do? They killed them. Imagine killing prophets of Allah. And they killed many prophets of Allah. They killed Zakaria alayhi salam. They killed Yahya alayhi salam. They tried to kill Isa alayhi salam. And they tried to kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as well. In Medina, the Prophet sallallahu went to one of the Jewish tribes once in order to ask them for some blood money that had to be paid by the entire community of Medina. So he went to them to negotiate that with them and they said, okay, yeah, why don't you sit here? We'll discuss it amongst ourselves and we'll let you know. They had him sit down and they sent one of the persons at the top of that building and they said, throw this rock onto him so that he can die. They attempted to kill him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel to tell the Prophet ﷺ and he got up and left before that rock could be thrown on him. Similarly, at another time, a Jewish woman, she had a feast for the Prophet ﷺ and the companions. And you know what she did? She poisoned that food. And a sahabi, he ate of that food and he died. The Prophet ﷺ also ate, but it was just in his mouth. However, at the time of his death, he said that the effects of that poison were still there. يَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ they killed the prophets without any right. بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ It was unjustified. Tell me, is it ever justified to kill a prophet of Allah? But when Allah says بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ Without any right, it shows what a great crime they committed. بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ Haq from the root letters, حَقَافْقَافْ So these were the crimes that they committed. Kufr of the ayat of Allah. Qatl of the prophets of Allah. This is why Allah sent His punishment upon them. And why is it that they dare to disbelieve in the ayat of Allah? They dare to kill the prophets of Allah. Allah says, ذَلِكَ That is. Bima Because of what? عَصَوْ They disobeyed. عَصَوْ From the root letters, عَيْن صَادْيَا or عَيْن صَادْوَا عِصْيَان Disobedience. That whatever command has been given, a person refuses to obey. He doesn't obey. ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْ They were given many commands. But did they obey? They didn't. 
وكانوا يعتدون and they used to cross limits يعتدون عين دال واو عدا يعدو is to have enmity against someone to be an enemy to someone عدو who is عدو an enemy and اعتداء is to transgress to cross the limits in enmity in hatred out of hatred so وكانوا يعتدون they used to cross limits they used to transgress what does it mean by this that they disobeyed and they transgressed They disobeyed, meaning whatever commands they were given, what they were supposed to do, they didn't do. And whatever they were told, don't do it, يَعْتَدُونَ They did it. So in other words, every amr, they did not follow. And every nahi, they performed. Every command they were given, they disobeyed. Every prohibition, they didn't stay away. وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ This was their habit, and this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them. He humiliated them in this dunya even. There are many, many lessons to be learned in this verse. Many lessons. First of all, we see about the foolishness of Bani Israel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with man and salwa, and they were asking for something that was inferior, something that was cheaper. They were preferring quantity over quality. And this is done by who? A person who is ungrateful and negative. We should analyze ourselves as well. Many times, we feel very bad about ourselves. I don't have that iPhone. You know the iPhone 4? The new one? Don't have it. I still have that first 3G one. Poor me. My husband doesn't have any mercy on me. Look at him, he's buying new things. And me, I have that old phone. Similarly, person says, I've been wearing these shoes for the past two years. How sad. Can't afford to buy new shoes. Look at my purse. So old. Or it's not a brand name purse. Look at my hijab. So ordinary. Got it only for five dollars. Negative, ungrateful. And a person doesn't think that at least I have so many blessings. Ingratitude is what? Foolishness. A person doesn't realize, Alhamdulillah, I have an iPhone at least. Even if it's three years old, five years old, who cares? Functions perfectly fine. So what if I can't afford a new one? No problem, I have this one, Alhamdulillah. Allah says, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ If you're grateful, I will give you more. But when we're ungrateful, We count what we don't have instead of counting what we do have. This is being foolish. Similarly, we learn in this verse about the rudeness of Bani Israel. How rude they were towards their messenger. Look at the way they addressed him. Ya Musa, لَن نَصْبِرُ عَلَىٰ طَعَامٍ وَاحِدٍ فَدْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ How rude. O Musa, we'll never be patient over this. Go and make dua to your Lord. As if they were instructing him, commanding him, as if he was their servant. And look at the way they asked him, you make dua for us. Why don't you make dua yourself? As if you have no relation with your Lord, no connection with Him. As if you have disowned Him. You know, many times it happens that people keep asking others, make dua for me, make dua for me, make dua for me. Please make dua yourself. The way you will ask Allah, other people cannot ask in the same way for you. When you want something, how do you ask? And when somebody is making dua for somebody else, how do they ask? There's a huge difference. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an that وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Allah has commanded, أُدْعُونِي Call upon me and I will respond to your duas. And those people who are arrogant, meaning who refuse to make dua, they will be entered into hellfire. دَاخِرِينَ Humiliated. So this was their rudeness. This was their ignorance. The way that they addressed Musa salam and the way that they told him to make dua. Whenever we need something, what should we do? Ask Allah ourselves. 
Does that mean you cannot ask other people? You can. However, don't forget to make dua yourself then. Because sometimes we just ask other people and don't do it ourselves. This is incorrect. Another very important lesson that we learn in this verse is that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a blessing, then what should we do? We should use it for ourselves. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something that is khair, that is better, then we should go for that instead of going for what is adna, instead of going for that which is cheaper, inferior. Bani Israel were being given khair. What did they want? Adna. It should be the other way around. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something superior, we should go for that. Meaning there's no harm in choosing the best for ourselves as long as it is within our limits, within our budget, and it is not israf. There's no harm in doing that at all. Because people think being religious is, you know, wearing the cheapest things. No, that's not necessary. If you can afford a better watch, a better phone, better clothing, you can afford, then go ahead. It is khair, go ahead. Don't go for the cheaper things, if you can afford the better ones. Then we also learn in this verse that when people chase the dunya, when people go after the dunya, when their desire, when their worry becomes a dunya, then they are disgraced in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us not so that we chase this world, but rather we fafirru ilallah. That we should run to Allah. Not that we should be running to the stores just because there are sales over there and buying one thing after the other even if we don't need it. No. We have been told, فَفِرُّوا إِلَى Allah. And if we don't run towards Allah, instead we start chasing this dunya, then there will be humiliation and disgrace. There's a hadith in which we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, O oh, son of Adam, تَفَرَّغْ لِعِبَادَتِي That become free. Make yourself available for my worship. And if you do that, I will make your heart filled up with ghina, with richness. Meaning, make time for ibadah. Run to worship Allah. That should be your priority. And if you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fill your heart with richness, with satisfaction, with happiness. But if you don't make time for Allah, then what will happen? A person's heart will be filled with misery and sadness and discontent and a sense of loss and a sense of poverty and a sense that I have nothing. What makes us satisfied? The worship of Allah. What makes us feel poor? Chasing this dunya. That is maskana. That is poverty. Then we also learn in this verse that those people who disobey Allah, disobey what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded them, and do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden them, such people incur what? The wrath of Allah. And such people commit more and more sins. One sin leads to the other. If you look at the verse, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ نَبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ They used to disbelieve in the signs of Allah and they used to kill the prophets of Allah without any right. Why did they do that? Because ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْ وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ One sin leads to the other. One crime leads to the other. On the other hand, one good deed leads to the other. Whatever a person strives to do, that is what is facilitated for him. That is what is made easy for him. If we strive to obey Allah, obedience will be made easy for us. If we strive in disobedience, disobedience will be made easy for us. It happens. When you do one good deed, don't you feel happy? And you want to do more? And if a person commits a sin once, does it become easier for him to commit that sin again? Of course. Remember, every action of yours leads to another action. 
the actions that we do, they're not independent. They affect the other aspects of our lives. They have like a ripple effect, like domino effect. It doesn't stop anywhere. Good will lead to more good. Bad will lead to more bad. ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ